0: Welcome to Season 5 of Moments with Moni, also known as the Blogger Domestic Lady. Join your host, Moni, for practical tips from a biblical perspective, as she shares all things homemaking to help you cultivate beauty and light in your heart and home. A podcast for the young and young at heart to thrive in the blessed calling as a homemaker and to bring glory to God. Happy New Year, and welcome back to Moments with Moni. This is episode number 143, the first in 2022. Well, how exciting. I'm ready to start in a new book. How about you? If you were listening in last year, you will have known that I mentioned we're going to start in the book of Ruth with a few bonus episodes on bread baking, and we'll see how those connect later. What I first wanted to do was encourage you in this new year to have a Bible and a notebook or a journal and a pen and your favorite time, your earbuds and maybe a corner, a cup of tea, any of those things that might help you make a regular time of taking the time to go through this book of Ruth. I do that for myself when I'm reading the Bible. I like to go through some Bible reading program throughout the year and make that a special time just for myself so that I have the Word of God constantly running through my head and my life throughout the year. Because you never know, God brings those things to mind when you need it. But then also I go deeper deeper on my own time, study time. And I thought I'd bring you along with me on this journey through Ruth. I have journals from many years past that help me to see God's hand throughout my life. And I'd like to encourage you to do the same. So have that journal, that notebook, and take the time to write down some of the things that touch your heart as you go through this study. I will have a bookmark actually available for you on the website at Moments with Moni in one of the blog posts to encourage the SOAP method of studying your Bible. If you use a different method, that's fine. But this one, if you need one, would like one, goes something like this. SOAP stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. So for scripture, I'd like you to read the passage and write down a verse that was meaningful to you. Observation was, are there any warnings? Are there any commands? Are there any principles to observe? And then, of course, application to our own hearts. What truth did I learn? And how does this apply to my life? And prayer. Share your heart with God. Listen to him and obey In this way, we can take the truths that we learn through the book of Ruth and the rest of the Bible and apply it to our lives and let it transform us from the inside out. It is God's Word and His Holy Spirit that will be doing this work. The book of Ruth is another example of biblical romance, but not just a book for women. So let's familiarize ourselves with the story to help us understand what the characters were going through. So who was this written to? It was written to the Jews. And who wrote it? Well, it was an unknown author. And of course, we know that the Bible comes from God. He actually used men to write it. And of course, if you'd have trouble with the first few words of the Bible, in the beginning God, you're going to have trouble with the rest of it. Another question is, when was it written? It was written 1,300 to 1,000 years before Christ. And we'll see that this is a picture of him, even though he hasn't even made his entrance onto the earth yet as a baby. Where did it take place? The book of Ruth took place in Bethlehem, Judah, and Moab. And we'll get back to those two places later. And what does it say about God? Well, there's not even a mention of his name or Jesus' name on any of the pages of this book. But it's all about him, just like life. How does this apply to, you say, your own life? Well, we have to go through it to find out, don't we? Let me try and whet your appetite for this book. Like I said, God is not mentioned throughout the book, but his character is revealed behind the scenes. Boaz, one of the characters in the book, in chapter 2, says that he seeks the outcast. He treats the outcast with kindness and as his own family. Boaz also shelters Ruth as God shelters the weak under his wings. Boaz serves the hungry at his table, God also provided for us and serves us. The book of Ruth is also known as theological art. How is God involved in the day-to-day events of our lives? We shall see. There are three main characters in here. It's Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. Naomi was a widow, Ruth a Moabitess, and Boaz an Israelite farmer. In chapter 1, Ruth, also a picture of the church, doesn't even know that Boaz exists. The first verse in the book of Ruth alludes to the time period that it was taking place, and that was in the times of the Judges. So let's take a look at a few of the verses in Judges to see what this life was like at that time. In Judges Chapter 17, verse 6, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. An example of Israel's disobedience came in Judges Chapter 10, verse 6, it says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam, and Ashtaroth, and the gods of Syria, and the gods of Zidon, and the gods of Moab, and the gods of children of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines, and forsook the Lord, and served him not And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the children of Ammon. It goes on to say that the children of Israel cried out to God again. They got caught. They weren't really sorry. They weren't asking for forgiveness. They just wanted out of this predicament. So God just told them, you know, I've had enough. Go cry out to all those other gods that you've been serving and see what they can do for you. And if we head over to that book, Leviticus, that no one really likes to read, we find out why there was a famine in the land at that time. It's because of their disobedience, Israel's disobedience. In verse 18 of chapter 26 of Leviticus, God goes on to say, And if you will not yet for all this hearken unto me, if you're not going to listen, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins, and I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heaven as iron, and your earth as brass, and your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land shall not yield her increase, and neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits. There was a famine in the land because of disobedience. This was a physical famine, But I can see the same thing happening today with the spiritual famine of not having the word, the true word of God before our hearts. And a bit about the country of Moab that is mentioned in Ruth. Here's a bit of background. You can read this story in Genesis 19, 30 through 38, and it tells you about the daughters of Lot and their sins and why God calls Moab his washpot. A short overview or historical background on the book here. We'll start with verses 1 through 5. And I'd like to mention that there's a lot of information in just those verses. There are bullet points of info across many years in, that, in those few verses. So we'll be breaking that down as we get there. Ruth is also a story of loss and love, tragedy to triumph, Death and Destiny, Life and Legacy, Hope, Loyalty, and Romance. And many call this book a romance to redemption because of the Goel or the uh, Kinsman Redeemer, which will be explained later as well. It's easy to skip over the details when we read through the Bible. It's good practice to slow down and truly look deeper into what we're reading. If we do, we can feel the tension of their lives and their circumstances, just as if we were living through that. Sometimes we read the Bible as if it's a comic book from one little box to another, and it just takes a few seconds to go through someone's life, but that's certainly not the case here. In fact, Ruth is the eighth book in the Old Testament. The first one is Genesis, and as a summary, we could say it's the beginnings of Israel's history. And Exodus, the next one, is the history from Egypt, Israel's history, or Exodus from Egypt. Leviticus is Israel wandering through the desert, Numbers on the brink of the promised land. Then Joshua leads them into the promised land in the book of Joshua. Then we have Judges, where everyone did what was right in their own eyes. For there was no king at that time, even though Israel ended up crying out for one, and they wanted that handsome prince of a guy, but that's another story. The book after Judges is Ruth, and that covers a famine in Bethlehem. There was no food in the house of bread. In fact, in ancient times, the book of Judges and Ruth were actually considered one book, and Ruth was placed before the book of Proverbs. Ruth is also read at the Feast of Pentecost, which, if you know a little bit about the feasts, it is the only feast where unleavened bread is part of the celebration. Ruth is only four chapters long, so if you could read through that this week before we get to next week when we actually start the book of Ruth, it will help us to understand as we go forward from here. The uh, picture I'd like you to think about as you read through it, as we study through it, Ruth is a picture of the church, and Ruth does not replace Naomi. Ruth learns of Boaz's ways through Naomi. And there's gleaning and Leverite marriage. And we'll get into that from the book of Leviticus. Naomi is a picture of Israel, who is exiled from her land. And Naomi meets Boaz, who is a picture of a kinsman-redeemer, a goel, through Ruth. So we can see that Naomi or Israel meets Boaz or a redeemer through Ruth or through the church. I know some say that Israel has lost its place in God's timeline, but the church does not replace Israel. If you have studied the covenants with me uh, through the Moments with Moni podcast, you can see how that timeline plays out. And if you haven't, then you can go ahead and listen to those as well. But for now, we can stand on the fact that the church is grafted into Israel. We are one in spirit in the Lord. And the rest of the book, as a summary of the book, we can look at Boaz, who took notice of Ruth. He offered protection and provision to Ruth. A kinsman redeemer, a picture of Jesus who provided and protected Ruth or the church. Number two, and in so doing, ultimately did the same for Naomi, for Israel. No matter how much, number three here, no matter how much Boaz or the kinsman redeemer loved Ruth or the church, Boaz awaited Ruth's move. Jesus awaits the church's move or an individual response from your heart and mine. Number four, Boaz, not Ruth, confronts the nearer kinsmen that we'll meet in later chapters. Jesus acts as the intercessor for the church. I just started reading through the Bible in a chronological order this year, And so we just started in Job, and I was reminded of the mediator that Job cried out for between man and God. Oh, that there were a mediator between us who would go to God and ask him for the things that I need to be addressed. And here we have a picture of that mediator, of Jesus Hebrews chapter 7 helps us understand this. I'm reading from the English Standard Version here. In this section, Jesus is compared to Melchizedek. So Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22 starts, This makes Jesus the guarantor or the mediator of a better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he, Jesus, holds his priesthood permanently, because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it is, it was, indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. This is our Redeemer. This is the picture that Boaz points to, a Redeemer. So this whole book, the redemption, the romance, the love, the hurt, the family relationships, all of these things, God is involved in the daily, day-to-day events of our lives. He cares about us. He cares about you and what you're doing and what your thoughts are and how you carry yourself throughout the day, what you do, who you love, who you share your life with. These days of the judges that happened just before Ruth came along, it was a 400-year period of general anarchy and oppression when the Israelites were not ruled by kings as I said earlier, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. This reminds me of Second Timothy chapter 3, when God describes the coming apostasy of what I believe are the days today. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. God warns us of these godless days in the last days. He says, but understand this. In the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, turn away from these sort of people. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth." Yes, I'd say that sums up what today looks like. The book of Ruth is a very timely message for today. But wait, there's more. For just as those in Moab, in Bethlehem, in the Old Testament times, they were looking forward to the Savior, looking forward to Jesus, although they didn't accept him specifically. They were looking forward to a Savior. And now we, in our day, are looking back to what Jesus has done on the cross. We can see it more clearly in history, what has happened. Although we are told in Scripture that because we believe without seeing, we are blessed. They saw it. Israel saw what was going on at that time, and they did not accept him jesus suffered persecution on our behalf he suffered for our sins he was perfect he didn't have to die on the cross he went there willingly but he didn't stay there yes he died and after three days he rose again and now sits at the right hand of the father and he is waiting for the cue from his father to come back for his bride here on earth. So as you read through the book of Ruth this week, keep your journal handy. And I look forward to spending some time with you next week as we continue to learn more about the love letters that God has left here for us to read so that we can learn to be more like him and see the love that he has for us, a romance in this book that leads to redemption. And I know that this particular message is a wonderful thing that everyone needs to hear. If you have friends or family that you know that might benefit from hearing this information, please send it to them. Send them the link to momentswithmoni.com There's all of the podcasts there that you can share with others around the world. If you have any questions or comments, please give me an email at momentswithmoni, the number one, at gmail.com. Or send your text to 1 703 951 3077. And I will put all that information in the show notes. Remember to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moments with Moni. If you would like more information, I invite you to check out the show notes on the podcast or the blog at momentswithmoni.com. And please share it with a friend.